So yeah, this, uh, it's, it's always good talking to you. Community influencer, like your cup. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you see the other side. It's like that's an old school. One. That is. That's an, that old, is school an old school one, school. you know. But man, they had some of the best mugs. I don't know what it was. Welcome to the Smartest Podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Yo guys, what is up? This is your boy, John. I have got with me probably one of the smartest men on the planet for 2023's first episode. This is the first episode I'm recording of the smartest podcast. And I've got my friend, Rick Wilson, who is the owner, founder, CEO, head honcho, chief in charge of a company called Miva, um, an e-commerce pioneer. So I'm really happy to have you here and happy new year, Rick. Happy new year to you, John. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure oh, to talk to you. This is going to be good, man. So yeah, this, uh, it's, it's always good talking to you. Community influencer, like your cup. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you see the other side. It's like that's an old school. One. That is. That's an, that old, is school an old school one, you know. But man, they had some of the best mugs. I don't know what it was. Interesting. Uh, yes, yes. PayPal, so, when it used to be owned by eBay through the best partner parties, they, they would had take the us best to like swag. Oh yeah, they would take us to stuff. It was I, I every time my PayPal rep asks me because we have a great relationship with Ivan. Every time he asks me, you know, what can we do? I'm like, I'll just remind you guys that you used to take us on trips and do they nice things. Take you for on us. trips? Yeah, they would. I mean, not like long ones, but you'd get two days at this spa or that spa. You'd have like all the people, like all the people from the partners there. It was great. They weren't big. There was like maybe a hundred people there, but they were fun. Culturally, this is this is good. I want to culturally why the shift why 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 do you think because i remember 20 years ago man when i was you know in corporate the things they used to do parties wise you know really were strong and they were very they would keep you very bonded to the company and now today it's like you know i have a i have a little bit of a theory on that i I mean i I mean you know everything is blamed on pandemic these days so it's kind of a weak excuse but yeah there is a lot there's a lot to, I, I think it has to be like this. You know, I, I have friends who are in the video game industry and they talk about going to E3, the big video game trade show back in the eighties when the video game industry was kind of coming up. And back then, you, you know, you'd get all this free stuff just for being in a partner company. I think what happens, and it would be interesting if someone ever, you know, if a business professor ever tracked this, I think what happens is when an industry is brand new and you're trying to establish first mover advantage, you get a lot of early players who are flush with investor cash and they throw a lot of dollars to buy your place in their mind. But PayPal probably rightfully knows right now that whether they send me to a spa or not, it's not going to make any difference to our business relationship. So I hate to say this publicly on a podcast, probably shoot myself in the foot. PayPal, I want my free spa trip. But, but you know, the time and place for that helping them is probably passed. Right. Okay. So there's a maturity there's a maturity to these markets, right? And right. that's one of those things that changes. You know, I was thinking about kind of a version of this in the big picture not long ago that you know, 20 years ago, selling online, you were a true pioneer. Like when you were selling your first tickets on eBay and when I was first starting on Amiva, I remember having to explain to people what we do for a living. And it was like, no, you, you, you got to build your e-commerce website. You got to put products in it and configure shipping and tax and payments and all this stuff. You know, it, First couple versions of Miva, there wasn't even live payment gateways. The very first version of Miva, you had a checkout screen on the invoice page that told you where to mail your check. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and as funny as that sounds today, that was only 25 years ago. And so I think these industries have matured and you're seeing, um, you know, 
I, you're seeing a lot of these things play out like Amazon. And this is probably big for a lot of the people you listen to who talk, who listen to you and you work with, you know, there was a sense five or six years ago that Amazon was going to become all of e-commerce. And I remember thinking to myself, well, that's nuts. Amazon's not, I mean, they're, Amazon's great at a lot of things. I'm not even knocking Amazon, but, but they're not becoming all of e-commerce. They're going to get right. to their 50% mark in America. And that's about as good as it's going to get. It's kind of certain markets have, you know, a natural cap to what people will do. You know, there's only so many people, I know you're in Atlanta, there's only so many people who are going to buy Coca-Cola, right? And, and the rest are buying Pepsi or something else. And, um, and so Amazon, you know, we've kind of seen these markets that we, you and I have been living in for 20, 25 years start to mature. And then the question becomes, okay, now what? Now what? <laughs> Come on. Well, That's uh, good. Now what? It's your podcast. I was waiting for you to ask that question. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, honestly, um, uh, that is, that is, here's a couple of things that I want to touch on that are very similar. Because like you said, one of the things you said, and you can say this, but we take it for granted because of how long we've been on this planet. One of the things you said was, it's only been 25 years. But if you're 25 years old, that's an eternity. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, the, the longer you get here, the longer. I, I, I heard, uh, you know, somebody on TV say this, but that uh, when, when you're 10 years old and the whole pie is 10 years, one slice is a year, right? Yeah, that's why time feels so slow when you're young. Right. And now you're 50 years old and now it's 150th of the pie. That's a year. That year doesn't. Oh, as so fast. Right. You know, or, or it just doesn't you know, equate to as much yep. of your life as it did when you were, you know, um, 10 years old. So and that's one of the things that was my epiphany, kind of a, you know, I like that. I'm going to take that with me. This is a, a way I'm going to explain age. The other thing, which was really crazy, I'm walking around and I don't even remember what we saw, but I was like, wow, you know, we are living in the future, right? And And I said, you know what? The cruel joke is, that I'm fucking old. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I never true. pictured myself. I pictured myself living in the future. I didn't picture this body of being You didn't picture yourself body. getting old to get there? You know, it's funny. I've never thought about it that way, but that's the truth. That <laughs> is the truth. I, you know, and you hear a lot of wealthy or people who write about what wealthy people think, so to speak, and you hear them talk about the, the best kept secret of the truly wealthy is time right? That they understand that they have the same amount of time as you and I, and they use it differently. And, and I, the way I've interpreted that, you know, okay, sure, you can pay someone to clean your house. I mean, there's, there's a kind of simple explanations for, you know, don't do things if, if it makes more economic sense to have someone else do it. But I think there's another version of that, which is if I look back in my 20s, and, you know, and you might, someone might look at my career and think, oh, I've been reasonably successful. But when I look back in my 20s, the mistake I was making was that I assumed I would be 20s forever. And so I didn't take urgency. I, I put a lot of the wrong things in the urgent category is probably the best way to put it. So I spent all this time working on stuff that in hindsight, I'm like, God, that was a big waste. Um, and of course I balanced that with trying to be like all Zen and be like, hey, it all led to here and I've got a wonderful life and I'm so blessed. But, but, like, but there is something to be said for, you know, when you're young, it feels like you got all the time in the world. And you know, I'm now I'm 50. So I'm in the same category. I'm sa I'm almost as old as you now, John. I know, man, you're catching up with me. I'm trying. I'm trying to catch you. <laughs> no, you you'll, you'll never catch me. You know? <laughs> that's true. You know, uh, that's crazy. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say as far as the what's next thing, though, for, what's for people out there. Well, God, I don't know if Amazon's I know what's next not to... so Amazon. Let's let's do this. Amazon's Amazon is not going to take over the world. Has Amazon peaked? I think Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I think in the way you're asking that question. So for, I think in the way you're answering that, asking that question, yes, I think Amazon's peaked. Now, what? Let's be clear about what I mean by that. That does not mean I think Amazon gets any smaller. I think they now grow at the rate the economy grows. And I, now, in 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 the world of e-commerce, for all I know, Amazon's going to create flying taxis, and they might explode that way, right? But like, but you know, because Amazon has gone from being an e-commerce company to being a true conglomerate. I mean, they're a Netflix competitor as well, right? So, 
Um, but in the way that you and I and the people who listen to you and you work with think about Amazon, which is, can I buy a product? Can I ship a product? Can I get a product to someone in their house? I think Amazon is in the United States has peaked and is now in a world of playing defense. They operationalize efficiency. They, they focus on convenience. You know, I have that thing in my house here where Amazon can put its packages in my garage. You know, and five years ago, I never went a million years and I thought I'd give Amazon access to my garage, but I've seen how they do it. I'm not worried about it. And I love it because if I'm out of town, which I travel a lot for my job, Amazon sticks my stuff in the garage. So that's one more little reason why I might order something that's, you know, not wildly valuable, but paper towels or a book or whatever from Amazon, stuff I might have previously gone out of my house to buy because I know it not only is it show up in my house in 24 to 48 hours, but they put it in the garage. You know, so I think Amazon keeps, I think Amazon's uh, Amazon's like a castle, like a like a, uh, a castle in England in the 1600s. And they have built the biggest moat possible around that castle. And now they're just protecting their land mm. while making it more productive for them. You know, I mean, I don't, they, they along, you know, they're one of, they're one of my two favorite companies along with Apple. Both of them are getting crushed right now in the stock market. But I, I think, I think that's a different issue. I think those companies are exceptionally yeah. managed. Yeah. I think they'll, I think that has a lot to do with the environment that we're in right now, economically, you know, and I, I think they'll be fine as we go. Oh, forward. they'll be fine. Now be fine. on the what's next category though, let's talk yeah. about this. This is something, there's two things we got to talk about since we're, we're kind of talking about 2023 in the future. Talk about chat GPT and let's talk about TikTok. Okay. And so, uh, and I don't, I use chat GPT because I'm super fascinated by it. I'm not use it, use it for what I go ask it stupid questions and see what it says to me. But yeah, um, but I'll come back to that one in a second. Google is now losing search market share for where to eat to TikTok. I read that about a month ago. So young people, not you and I, you and I go to eat. Where, where do you look for a restaurant if you're in town? Yelp, open table. Yeah, Google. yeah. Yeah. And right. Yelp, I think all three of those in some way kind of pull from Google anyways, right there. there. It's not all the exact same data set, but Yelp's data is pretty integrated, at least with Apple Maps and I think Google Maps. And But, you know, people go to their map, whether it's Apple or Google, and they search restaurants because it tells you what's near you. And young people, so people under 30, Gen Z, they're using TikTok to find out where to go eat. And I thought to myself, well, that's freaking weird. Because I've had people ask me, well, do you think TikTok's going to come from big, big free commerce? How people, would you do that? Great question. You should ask a younger person who knows more than us. I'm, I'm going to have to ask. <laughs> you. I, I probably have to install it on my site. No, I'm not teasing. Yeah. But, but here's the reason I bring that up. One uh -huh. is it's a fascinating data point. But two is you never know where the disruption is coming from. And then this yeah. ties me to chat GPT, right? I don't think Google, maybe some really smart person at Google, but most of us who got used to looking for restaurants via maps or Yelp or open table, I could probably use open table most, but no different than Yelp, right? Most of us who got used to looking for restaurants, you know, people, my, my parents' generation never got onto open table or Yelp, right? They ask their friends, they're in, the, they're in their habits, they just do what they do. You and I are the kind of first internet generation. We use the tools of, of our rise, right? So you use Google, you use OpenTable, you use Yelp, and now there's a new internet generation that's not using our tools and it's confusing to us. So we don't know what what's next is gonna look like. And then when you look at ChatGPT, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what ChatGPT is right now, it's this generative generative AI by, by OpenAI, the company that's been released into beta. And you can go have conversations with a computer for lack of a better term. And um, I have asked it to do all sorts of interesting things. I've had it write, uh, write me an about us page for a demo e-commerce store. I have, uh, I have fed into its image generation and had it generate a logo for me. I have, um, I've had it write a script. And so it's fascinating what it can do. And the thing is right now, it doesn't hang its hat on being uh, factual, right? So it doesn't go out to the internet and try to get the facts the way Google would, right? Google's trying to sort the truth. Uh, ChatGPT is, uh, is it's not pretending to have facts, but the fact that you can go have a conversation with a computer, you know, I could go ask it, who is John Lawson? And if it happens to have you in its, in its 
mind architect. It'll say, oh, John Lawson's a speaker and author about in the world of e-commerce from uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. And it'll tell me what it knows about you. And then I could say, you know, and, and so if you ask someone it knows about, it's it would be like asking your weird little nephew who knows everything about something. It just is going to know the stuff. And ChatGPT, I don't know that it itself will be, but it is the tip of the iceberg of how AI is going to change everything. And as far, so it's what's next. What that means, I have no idea. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Fine. Whatever. You know, I mean, it's cool. Um, you know what? I am fascinated. Well, for one, here's the thing, you know, um, I want to say five years ago or maybe five, my seven years ago, IBM pulled me in to a, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so there, that was all about AI for them. And that was a, or whatever it was called. Right. That's an AI. Right. And the deal is the difference between business intelligent AI and public face. So what I feel like is chat GBT, it, you know, that's very public facing and it does what it does, you know, but business intelligence is to me like way on another level, another wavelength, you know? So we're talking, you know, five, six years ago, they pull us in and they're showing us how it works with, uh, how it's, how AI is working with doctors. Right. And I got that when I first got, got the, um, the, the, the initial understanding, they kept saying that AI was not to replace doctors. AI is there to make doctors like superhuman. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's like a tool that totally. humans, yeah. And everybody. Well, you could use Chat GPT. So, so let's say, let's make this practical and not just you and I kind of riffing into the space for, for someone who might be listening to this. If you've got someone out there who's got their own independent website and they've got to do SEO content for a product. So I'll, I'll use your example that we were talking about earlier. Uh, if I was in the sneaker business and I'm selling shoelaces and I need to write SEO content for shoelaces, my guess, my guess before Chat GPT is you would have hired a virtual assistant somewhere or an SEO firm to go create this content. You would have given it a look to make sure it's, you know, it's at least readable and it's not nonsense. And then if it passed the John test, you would have posted on your website and you would have got enough of it out there. You'd have, a, you'd have an assistant doing it for you. You'd get enough of it out there so that Google's crawling it. And that when people are asking weird questions to Google about shoelaces and sneakers, hopefully some of it feeds back to your, to your website. Yeah. What I think you can do with chat GPT today, as it sits today, in line with what you're saying about Watson and doctors, if you have a, an SEO you trust, and it, again, it could be your own VA, it could be whoever, they can go now, if they use ChatGPT successfully, they could probably increase their, their usable output by seven yeah. to 10 times. Easy. So if it, if it used to take me a week to do you know, 10 pieces of content, I should be able to do 70 pieces of content now. Because the hard part about it, thinking of all the stupid stuff, the G, the chat the chat AI does it, and then the human reads it and edits it because humans are excellent editors. You know the one thing that these AIs haven't shown any particular proclivity yet is context, right? So it can create all this voluminous content, but you still need a human to look through that and go, "Oh, this makes sense," or "No, this is not. This is nonsense." Right. You know, shoelaces aren't how we landed on the moon. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's where we are, and I think a lot of people are just like, "Oh, we're going to replace." all of this and i'm like eh, no. you well, no. i mean you will replace you know like low level garbage you know stuff i i definitely that there won't be a need for somebody to throw out the you know 250 word well but that kind of gets garbage. back to what i what that's kind of get back to, that kind of gets back to my point this is what's coming next but what it looks like we don't know and i would and here's how i would tie this into history 160 years ago in this country and around the world your average person spent 90% of their life focusing on the generation of food for themselves and their family. And so, you know, you're right to a 25 year old, 150 years sounds like six lifetimes, but, <laughs> but 150 years in the big picture of history, isn't that long. Right. And, and back then when automated farming tools, and the industrial revolution came out, people were up in arms. Oh, what are we all going to do? We're not going to have any jobs left. And all the new jobs that came after that from the industrial and then information revolution, 
except for the random crazy person who could, who could predict the future, no one knew it was coming. The only thing you can trust is this is going to change and then something new will become obvious. Right. And right now there's someone out there using TikTok to find food. He's probably figuring out how to create an application so that we can all use leverage TikTok to go find new restaurants in town. There's a place here uh, near my house that has the best breakfast burritos. Next time you're in town, I'll take you or I'll get one for you. But the best breakfast burritos you ever had. The funny thing is they're not on their menu. You have to follow them on Instagram and order via Instagram. It's like a, it's like a speakeasy for breakfast burritos. You know, wow. if, if, my, if I told my mom that's how she ordered a breakfast burrito, she'd toss her phone at me. <laughs> but it's intriguing, bro. It's totally intriguing. And I'm telling you, you're, you're going to, we'll be talking about these breakfast burritos after the I mean, uh, you know, I love hidden menus. I mean, come on. Exactly. I mean, well, yeah. So you start applying game theory to human behavior and you get some great burritos. Right, right. And speakeasy. I mean, you kind of look yeah. those out, trying to find. You know, some of the great speakeasies around the world. In the I haven't world. been to it, but there's a, there's a new pop-up speakeasy in L.A. that's a fake blockbuster. No kidding. I, I mean, I don't even know how long it's going to be there. But yeah, I read about it like a month ago. Yeah, I was in San, I was in, in Austin and they had one. It was a floppy disk store. Oh, yeah. Okay. So same idea. Yeah, same, same idea. Same basic concept. I was, yeah. past, I was like, what the heck? Then there's a guy sitting out front. I'm like. That's a speakeasy. It has to be. I'm like, it just well, makes I, no sense. I think for the people who you talk to on this podcast, you know, that's the thing to think about. It's just so easy to, to get caught up in, you get up and you, 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 you know, do all the daily tasks. But the real question is, you know, how can you get people's attention? Speakeasy, it's gamification. Speakeasy, people are intrigued by that, right? Shoot, I've had my Peloton now for a little over two years. And I am just about to hit 10,000 minutes on the Peloton. The wow. fact that I even have an idea of how many minutes I've done on, a, on, a, on an exercise equipment is amazing. They have, they have created the Pac-Man, I'm aging myself, but they've created the Pac-Man mentality of wanting to grab the dots, eat the dots in a, in, eat the dots in a, in a, in a workout system. Mm. I actually, I pay attention to my streak. I've got a little widget on my iPhone here that tells me how many days I've worked out this week. I care about how many minutes I do in a month and a year. You know what I think? I think clever entrepreneurs can apply that to the thing that's happening in their world to make their business better. Okay. So I'm writing things as simple as buy three pairs of this thing and get the fourth one for free. But <laughs> but sometimes it's an interesting floppy disk stuff. I'm got I gotta write this down. Man. All right. Is eat the dots. Eat the dots. That's right. Is that a theory that you've heard of before you heard or did you just come well it's just it's just my term for gamification but. yeah 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 but eat the dots i'm i can eat the dots man yeah because i mean that no, was I, that was the thing you know you'd get three men to eat all the dots and when exactly. you come if you don't eat all the dots you would come back you'd be in the same spot and the dots would be in the same spot you'd have to maneuver your way around to get to the corner dot that you missed you know i mean you well, gotta eat all the dots Two types of people in the world. There's people whose inbox has like 100,000 unread messages, which is my wife. And then there's people like me whose inbox currently has like eight things in there. It did before we started talking. And one of the things I use the downtime between Christmas and New Year's for is bringing that number down as close to zero as possible because I'm trying to eat my dots. I'm trying to get my inbox. Because I use my inbox as sort of a volleyball court. Uh, it's tasks, right? If you've emailed me something like... Uh, you and I communicate a lot via Facebook Messenger, which I don't do with everybody, but I have these things and I'm like, oh shoot, I got a schedule with John. I got, you know, I got, I, and I'm trying to knock out all my tasks. It's my, it's, and I think there's a lot to be said for human psychology. People, you know, it's the whole thing. Why do people put things on their to-do list just to check them off? And so you, what do you do with the, you put these in folders? How do you manage? That's great. How do you manage your email? <laughs> I mean, I don't know very many people that got only eight emails left, so. Well, okay, Especially so yeah, on so your right. level. So I, I have folders. So the way my inbox is what I'm talking about. And so the way mine works is I have a hierarchy of folders that are broken down by uh, kind of departments in the company. I'm just talking, I'm not talking about my personal email. Yeah, I'm yeah. I keep that pretty tidy too. But um, I've got departments by the company or partners. So, you know, let's say I have conversation going with ShipStation or, you know, they go by Octane now, kind of their parent company. I have a whole Octane folder, but my inbox is, or PayPal, as we were talking about earlier, 
my inbox is open to do items. That's how I view my inbox. Mm -hmm. So when a task, when an email comes in, the answers could be read it and delete it, right? Like it's just informational. And I read it and I, I learned my thing. Like, uh, you know, I subscribe to, um, I can't, gosh, I'm blanking right now, but the guy who's a famous professor at NYU, who's a writer, you know, he, he sends his weekly emails out and, you know, those kind of things, unless right. they're particularly fascinating, I read them. I think, oh, that's interesting. And I delete it and I go on with my day. Mm -hmm. uh, or if it's really good, I have a place to file that stuff, like interesting tidbits and I file it down there. And so, but when it comes in, I have an email, I read it and delete it. I read it and file it. Or I read it and reply immediately and then either file or delete. And then the fourth group, which is the one that slowly builds up on me is I read it, I owe it a reply and I'm not feeling like replying to it right now. So that's the one that I was down to eight before you and I got on the phone. On, you know, if it was a bad day for me, that's at 100 and I'm trying to get it back down. It's like a balloon. I'm trying to pull back to earth all the time. But I either read, delete, read, file, reply, delete, reply, file. Those are my four steps. Interesting. See, my problem is I have too many read laters. I'll read that later. Yeah, and that's dangerous. And, then, and that's, that's, what, yeah. that's what Carly, my wife, does too. It, it, she likes to make fun of me and show me her phone. And I think she also has her own business. And so a lot of these are business, like a lot of these are just business notifications. They're like, you know, is, is my, is my uh, SendGrid API app or whatever. But she's got, I think, 160,000 some unread emails. And it, it causes my shoulders to shake. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet it gives you a little bit of a... a, a I want to go under, I want to go into her email account and hit... And just, hit. Yeah. Right click and hit bark all is red, but I also want to stay married. <laughs> no, you can't do that. No can do. No can do. Okay, cool. I, I've got some tips now on how to maybe deal with my emails because it's, it's out of, it's it's just out of this world. It's off the chain. I got way too many things. See, uh, I look at you, it's funny that you say that because when I look at you from an outsider, you're the guy who's got John Zoom, Calendly. You've got all these tools for managing your productivity. I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, well, that's shortcuts, bro. Yeah. That's shortcuts. So, because people don't remember anything and I've got a problem. I buy too many URLs. I buy a URL. <laughs> I got 400 URLs that's great. at least. You know, uh, I buy them for every thought that I ever have. I'll buy. It's like, look, look, eat the dots. I'm gonna go get that. Eat the dots. Eat the <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you can know, eat the dots, I'd like an email address. That's too funny. That's too funny. But yes, that's what I'm always, you know, doing. Um, but you know, people ask me the same thing over and over. Where's your Zoom? So yeah, I got yeah. the Zoom link. I got here's my calendar. I got the calendar link. That kind of well, you do well with that stuff. And like I don't use like I have an assistant amoeba, like not a VA, but just you know, someone who works amoeba, but I'm I'm a terrible manager of my assistants. Like, really? thankfully they have other other duties. I I don't give people control of my calendar. I'm so I have certain things like my inbox super organized, and I have other things that I you know it's like the wild west. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you do your own calendar, bro. I just it's probably it's it, there's there's a practical side to it, which is I yeah. keep my personal and work calendar separate. So I have a, 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 a Apple calendar for my personal calendar for you know stuff we're doing if we're going on a trip or whatever. And I have my work calendar, and when I let my work calendar try to control, there's always stuff stepping on each other. So I, I it's 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 probably also a little OCD control thing. I've just never quite let that go. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. All right, I got to talk about your favorite person on the planet. Well, we'll, we'll talk about one of them and then we'll talk maybe the other one too, you know, because they'll they'll overlap at some point. But we got so what, Elon and Kanye or what? How did you know? <laughs> How did you know? Are you, are you am I right? Uh, well, yeah, you were. You you nailed it. Okay. But I mean, you know, uh, definitely. I mean, Elon, because see, we have talked about Elon on mm -hmm. uh, you know before on different you know podcasts uh, uh, stuff. So. I just got to check in with you. Where are you at in the Elon universe here now? Uh, well, I'm definitely not. Uh, <laughs> never I, uh, have been. You never have. No, been. Well, I have. I've always had a qualified admiration for the guy. I mean, what he has done with Tesla and the cool stuff he does with rockets are very cool. So right. let me start with let me start with respect to where respect's due, right? So. Um, but hold on, let me see. Let me ask you one qualifying question. Sure. All right. Could you code a 
Miva website from scratch on the back end? Me? Yes. No. Well, I can now with our no code thing, but I right. Yeah, yeah, before. yeah. Because here's the thing, you know, it's like I I, I do too. I mean, you know, yeah, you're going into space, all that, but it's not like the dude knows how to go to space. Well, so sure. So, right. so that's a, that's a, that's about, okay. I, yeah, that's a good qualifier, and I don't know the answer to that behind the scenes. What I right. will say is this: he has he has, however he got there, he's had a little Steve Jobs magic in at least two sets of product categories: mm. what he's done with cars and what he's done with rockets. I mean, landing a rocket. On a, on a floating thing in the ocean is pretty freaking cool, yep. right? And, uh, you know, and if you've, it, on a side note, I don't want to, we're, we've had covered a lot of things. I think Elon's biggest competitor, competitor on Tesla, because what's Tesla really all about? It's not about the car, it's about the software. So the company he's most worried about is Apple, because Apple car is trying to be to every other car what Tesla is to Tesla. But that's a, that's a side conversation. Yeah, I, the, didn't, I didn't know you had to subscribe to everything on a Tesla car. Yeah, actually, I've never owned one, so I don't know. Yeah, me I either. Don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I still a, I'm still a gas driving kind of guy for now. Yeah, I was. I did buy a little electric golf cart thing, but that's about all I got. Oh, that's because of the community that you live in. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> and so, um, but I, so I could take two stances on Elon. I could take the, he's an idiot, and this is fun, the schadenfreude, this is fun watching him meltdown stance. Mm -hmm. And and frankly, you know, between some friends of mine and I, and I do, right? Like, could you see, did you see what this guy said today kind of thing? Right, right, yeah. Because, because he's grabbing the proverbial gun and shooting at himself all the time. And it's shocking, it's shocking to you. Now, I could also take the, for lack of a term, more enlightened stance. If I had lost $200 billion in the last 12 months, I'd be a real cantankerous too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, uh, and maybe, well, I don't know how much we're really going to talk about Kanye, but Kanye has gone quiet recently too. Maybe Elon's people are finally getting him to sort of go quiet. Like one of my wife's friends tweeted something about Elon and this guy's, I don't know the guy, but he's not famous. He, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't be in Elon's ear and Elon shouldn't be in his ear. And Elon and him got in a Twitter fight. So the guy tells Elon, he just doesn't have big enough testicles or something. And it's like, really? Like, why, why punch why? down? Why punch well, why, down? Yeah, exactly. Why punch down? It, it's it's indicative of uh, it's indicative of some very strange behaviors, and I do think. Look, and again, I, you know, just like the reason Bill Gates shorted Tesla and Elon and Bill got in a weird spat publicly last year, the reason Tesla was overvalued was not about Elon being a jerk or not. The reason Tesla was overvalued is because it was worth more than every other car company on earth combined. And at some yeah. point that doesn't make any sense. Right. So Tesla needs to market forces are stronger than any of us. Right. And you try, you try to be smarter than the market forces forever and they will teach you a lesson. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's going on in Tesla right now. You already have a trouble economy. Uh, sure. They're setting records, but then they set the bar slightly too high. So they're getting pummeled today. Um, and then it's just, it's just bizarre behavior on his part. I mean, it is really bizarre. Uh, and, uh, you would hope that he has the people around him to help him find, I don't know if humility is the right word, but some self-reflection. And he, he currently seems to be still struggling finding that. <laughs> you know, yeah. here's the thing. I think, let's talk about Twitter for a second. I think, I think there's a weird thing he's going to prove at Twitter that no one's talking about right now, which is this. He got rid of 75% of their staff one way or the other. And what it's gonna happen is Twitter's gonna be fine. And what I mean by, I don't mean they're gonna be as important as ever. I just mean the company, it's, it's gonna it's not, work. It's not gonna go under. No, well, not only that, when you go to tweet, it's gonna tweet. Like the software is gonna work. Right, right. So yeah. he's gonna prove that Twitter was overstaffed by 75%. Wow. So he's, he's gonna prove that, I think. That's my theory. I think he will prove you know, next year when it's still here and the worst of the worst didn't happen, he's going to kind of prove that, yeah, Twitter was wildly overstaffed by like 75%. Here's the thing. He could have trimmed staff by 75% without being a total jerk. <laughs> you could go in and be like, hey, look, this company's going to lose $3 billion this year. You know, for reasons I probably have second thoughts on, I got myself in over my head and now I've got no choice but to make this work. And this really sucks to let all these people go, but I have to make this work. And I'm going, and I've got to prove, I've got, the only way to make Twitter work is by improving productivity. And so this is my only path. Please bear with me in these hard times. 
that's all he had to say. And then he could be out running Twitter. And now you wouldn't see liberals being like, I hate owning a Tesla. <laughs> but instead, he's taken a very different tack. Right. And he's alienating people while doing hard things. And my experience as a CEO of a small company with a little over 100 people. But my experience of even just that is when you got to make hard decisions, don't be a flamboyant jerk about it. And if you, it, you know, thankfully we've never had to do this, but let's say there was like a new, a new great depression and we had to go ask people to take pay cuts. If I was doing something crazy like that, right? Like, or anything, layoffs, whatever. If you're doing mm -hmm. something hard, don't be a flagrant asshole. Just don't. <laughs> you, th you, you would think that would, we wouldn't have to say that. Well, that's the thing. And that's what's so, that's the part about him that's fascinating and puzzling and probably why I'm still, he's my version of Real Housewives. He's like the real, the real house dude of Silicon Valley. Right? I, I am so endlessly fascinated with him for that, probably for that exact reason. <laughs> okay. Uh, I look at someone, granted, Bill Gates has character flaws. He got a divorce for cheating on his wife. But yeah. I look at a guy like, okay, and I'm not condoning that at all, but I look at the way he conducts the rest of his life, or at least what little I know. And I look at the way Warren Buffett conducts his life. And I look at a lot of people who've been wildly successful and they appear to have a system for taking feedback and learning and applying lessons. And I, I don't know, I, Elon certainly has that on engineering. That's how you figure out how to build some of the stuff they've built or his employees do. But he seems to be lacking that in the human sense. You know, I, for some reason, it seems like at some some turning point, he decided he wanted to be a influencer. Uh, yeah, what, what which is really being, weird, right? Because you're influential. You don't have to necessarily, you know. I mean, like you said, he influenced, you know, um, electric cars and landing on the moon and or rockets, right? And going to Mars, all of these things. But all of a sudden, he wants to be this pop icon kind of. Right. Well, imagine. I mean, so let let's take either Steve Jobs' widow, Lauren Lauren Jobs Cook, or whatever her name is, who now owns the Atlantic of all things. You know, mm. she's making her mark on society, but you never hear her say anything. Or take or take not. It's Lauren Jobs Powell, Lauren Powell Jobs, or take Tim Cook. You know, his his successor as CEO of Apple. He is having an equivalent impact on humanity as yes. elon and no one's running around thinking god did you see the stupid thing tim cook said, tweeted right, today? <laughs> right. you yeah. can be quite impactful i guess the life lesson is you can be wildly impactful without without being a jerk <laughs> which i think see okay now let's bring in kanye see because, <laughs> because he's been wildly impactful but he's always been a jerk in my opinion okay yeah and yeah, I, so I probably like in early days of Kanye, like you know, I listened to College Dropout and yeah, you know, I, sang, I sang along with Gold Digger just like everybody else, and right. like and Jesus Walks and all this stuff. So you know, Kanye. But he was a jerk. But he was a jerk. He was a jerk, and I wasn't okay. that paying attention to it. But he was. You know, right. Well, you can't write a song called Gold Digger without kind of being a jerky guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just and saying, so, you know. He would do things. I mean, every once in a while, something would pop up. Be like, damn. He always seemed like he was a week away from being, you know, for lack of a better term, off his meds, right? Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, that one's that one's both harder to watch, and um, that one's both harder to watch, and in some ways sadder because well i mean you're you're definitely a little bit more attached to the person simply because of the views he is well sadder in the sense of too that he's clearly not well <laughs> like he is i i can't imagine he is a healthy a mentally healthy person and i'm not trying to chalk it up to some weird chemical yeah. imbalance or playing pop psychology i just yeah. mean yeah. his life appears tortured like from where i sit you know, if you're on the Alex Jones show wearing a... But all in a, here. Oh, yeah, yeah, all in here, right? All, all in your head. In but if you, if you end up, A, if you end up on the Alex Jones show, you probably question yourself. And B, if you end up on the Alex Jones show wearing a nylon on your head, talking about, you know, things he talked about. <laughs> Speaking of lack of self-reflection, that, that was a weird day. That was, <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, dude, what? You know, okay. But, but, my, my, but my point in bringing him in that was that 
he always had these signs of, like you said, a little bit off med. Whereas like this, this right turn that Elon has made just kind of like, it's so weird, you know? So that's the, I mean, yeah. So there, it's an interesting comparison on that one because you, you feel like, and again, armchair quarterback, but you feel like Elon's smarter than that. So if he's smarter than that, he what's he up to? Right? What's he and, up to? Yeah. Right. And is he really just pandering to create a base? Does he imagine he's the next Donald Trump or something? Like, is there some, but he couldn't even run for president if he wanted to. He's not an American citizen. But like, what's the end game? I guess, I, what's the end game? Like, that's, I guess, the difference. I don't listen to Kanye and think he's got an end game in mind. I think Kanye's just wacky. Yeah. Right, wacky in a way that's potentially very dangerous because he's influential. Right, if he wasn't influential, he'd just be the weird guy saying stupid shit. Right, but right, 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 he's right. because he's influential, he becomes dangerous. Uh, Elon, you expect him to know what his end game is. He always supposedly seeing around three corners. What corners is he seeing around? And you know, he he's recently amplifying weird QAnon stuff, and Elon's just doing some really weird things that. And maybe that's the stress of losing $200 billion. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm guessing is I'll never know what that feels like. Mm. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's hope. Let's, let's hope. Hey. That's what I'm saying. Let's I don't hope. know. If I had to get, if I had to have 201 to end up at one, I might be willing to do that. But <laughs> yeah, really? Hmm. No, actually, no. I'm about to say, because how would story. that change you? How would exactly. that change you? No, I was right? being, I was because being the ride. The, like we always talk about, you know, the, the or the old saying is, you know, the, the people you meet on the way up or the people you, you know, people step on on the way up are the people, the people you meet on the way down, on the way down. Right. So what would that, how would that change you to go this high and then to be it, brought that low, even though your low is like my still dream so high. high. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, that's well, there's crazy. that question. And then the other thing too, is there's a point the uh we we were on a walk this morning and we walked by a real estate office you know they have all the pictures of stuff for sale and there's a house not far from here that's this crazy compound it was, it was a wild amount of money right more money than most people would ever see in their lifetime and just for a house and and my wife and i would talk about that for a second and we started with the wow that's a crazy house and then i said you know the thing with a house like that is of that i don't remember how big it was but let's say it was fifteen thousand square feet or some crazy number right and it was like i think about a house of that size is you really can't run that house on your own. Now to have that house, it's like buying a little hotel. Now I'm going to have four or five staff. I'm going to have, and, and so I think people have these, these imaginations. Oh, if I was a billionaire and life would be like this, if I, if I just had this, my life would be that, right? And, the, and most people aren't taking the time to think about what that looks like. The truth is if you're a billionaire, you're now CEO of a corporation with your name on it, right? I'm now, I'd now be, yeah. instead of being CEO of me, but I'm CEO of Rick. Right. right? And, and then when you're CEO of Rick, in my, you know, in a case like that, if you've got, there's a certain amount of money, which the money becomes a true burden, right? And then that doesn't even count going so high up and then kicking a bunch of people all the way down, which is an extra layer of pain. So I, I don't know. I, hmm. I, I think being a billionaire, is, it would be interesting where the line is. There's some number at which the burden of the wealth is probably, and I think it's probably buried for everybody, but there's a, there's some number where the burden of the wealth is worth, is harder or harsher than the benefits of the money. Like, yeah, so if you have a hundred, if you had a hundred million dollars done, okay, so if you went from whatever you have today to 50 million, okay, you could articulate some big changes. You could make sure your family's got housing. You could make sure kids have got this. You could make sure grandkids have college, right? You. $15 million, you can do a lot of good, but you could still be John Lawson. You could still be just normal old John, especially if you were reasonably quiet about it. 100, <laughs> probably, 100 probably true, but there's a number at which you can't be. There's a number at which you can no longer be the you you've grown accustomed to. And then the question is, well, how does that change you? And I think those are, I think those are challenging questions. You know, I was thinking, uh, yeah, I think those are challenging. I mean, you know, because any, any, level there's levels to everything right and there's always another level you know I'm, I'm sure even at your level you know when you see others around you you're like that's another level you know there's yeah. always another level right 
my 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 wonder is do i change with circumstance as much as people around me change with circumstance you know because it's like there's 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 things that you know there's ways that people act around me now that are are, are completely I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but it's completely based off of their image of me from when we used to hang together when we was kids versus what you <laughs> see today. But yeah. and, but then they, you know, and they think, oh, you've changed. But then when we get and we sit, you know, we smoke enough, you know, they'll realize, oh, you ain't changed. We still cool like that, you know. So I don't know, man. I don't. I, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think. Proximity does change you, though. I, you know, I, I think you're onto something, though, because I think back to it. Really depends on the filter through which someone met you, right? So, mm -hmm. if someone only knew me in my in from 25 to 30, right? I was single. I was just out of college. I was, you know, young tech sales guy. I thought I was rich, and even though I wasn't, and I'm out, I'm out in the club every weekend, right? If you only knew me for those five years, you might have hung out with me 50 times. But the version you hung out with was the guy at the nightclub on Saturday night, right? And and if you never knew who I was, if you never knew the rest of me, you'd be like, oh gosh, I can't believe how much Rick's changed. But on the flip side, I bet someone, I bet your mom or your sister look at you and they're like, oh, John's just a better version of the same old John I've always loved. Right. And, right. and so I, I think it's somewhere in, in there. It's somewhere in there, you know. Uh, I think that's why I like Big Brother nowadays. I, I, I've started watching. <laughs> I've never seen it. You know, that's that's weird. But I, I'm 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 a I'm a reality TV person, and I never watched Big Brother. And uh, I watched uh, two seasons ago, and then got kind of fascinated. So I watched this season, and now I went back and you know started watching the old ones. And because I am always a people watcher, I love watching people. But there's something about being stuck inside of an environment where you see the same people 24 hours a day, you know what I mean? Like they do for yep. two, three months. What are they in there for three weeks it, or something? Oh, it's months? No, it's like months. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's at least two months, you know. That's and a it, long time. That's a long time. And it's it. you have a hyper sense of, uh relationship it's it's very very hyper and i can only equate that to now again you know me and my thing it was high school see high school is like that or college is like that where you're stuck in this small environment and you see the same people every day and that becomes your world you know yep and then when you get back to when, once they leave that house yes you're changed but you're 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 going back now to the to the circumstances that you had before you went there, and uh, some of that just kind of falls off on you, you know. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but high school. It's like, well, uh, we I'll, let me see if I let me see if I can tie all this back together. Bring it all back together, Rick. I'll, I'll bring it all in for a closing here. And if you're listening, if you've listened this far, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, none of this was pre-planned, but. We talked about getting old in the beginning. We're talking about high school right now. I will say this. If you're an entrepreneur, you know, I think about, and you know, for all I know, and at some level, all I hope is that, you know, Meva is my, that when I, when I someday retire from Meva, that's the end of it for me. And I don't do another run. But if I was go, but I will ask myself this thought question a lot. If I was going to start something new today, what would I do? And often I think, well, since I'm not young, I can't pretend to be young, but I would go look at how young people do things. And I'd figure out what they're doing that's different. Because the thing about being young is they know how all the other young people are doing it. But the thing also about being young is your average young person is not good at figuring out how to make that a business or an opportunity. So someone who's been around a block, who has some wisdom about you know, where there's some oil, so to speak, look at a young person. Look at someone who's young. See how they act differently than you. And don't judge it, right? Don't be like, oh, God, this is you, you dumb, dumb kids. Here's the truth about the dumb kids. Dumb kids are about to be the future smart people who run everything. So, like, <laughs> just go look at a young person, see what they're doing that's different than how you work, 
And then ask yourself, is there something I can do in this to either improve the business I already have or create a business? Because, you know, not to get all preachy, but I will say this, aside from all the problems we have, problems, whether it's Elon or Kanye or government or politics, the reason I believe why America still is a positive influence on the world and why it's the place I trust for the future is the entrepreneurial spirit. At the end of the day, it's people figuring out stuff you and I would have never thought of. Like, well, that's clever, right? I would have never thought to create TikTok. I would have never thought to land a land a, a rocket ship on a barge either. And like, you think about this stuff, and the fact that there's the fact that you're free to do it here, and the fact that you can, the fact that you can apply your skills and see if you can make a living for yourself, and for some of us, make a home run for yourselves, is why it's so robust and it's why when things look like they're crazy and what politics seem insurmountable or the world seems like it's all collapsing, it's like, yeah, the world's probably not collapsing and oh, yeah. the world's probably going to be okay. <laughs> yep. And the trick is to make sure that you're okay during this whole thing. Absolutely. Hey, that was a good rap. Didn't I rap that okay? That was good. Yeah, you put a bow <laughs> on it and everything. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Rick, it's been fantastic catching up with you. You know, if people want to catch up with Rick, where do they go? So um, I also have a podcast, although I haven't recorded a new one in about six months because we've been busy with Miva stuff. But um, go to Miva.com, M-I-V-A.com. If you're interested in my e-commerce platform, we'll be at a high level. If you don't know who I am, we're a competitor to Shopify, e-commerce, and Magento. Uh, and if you're interested in hearing what I want, what I ramble about, you can go to dragonproof.us, dragon, you know, like the thing that'll breathe fire on you, proof, as in you're safe from it.us. And that's where you can find my podcast and all that stuff. John, awesome. always a pleasure. Always, bro. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Yeah. Deuces. Thanks for tuning in to the Smartest Podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success. Thanks for listening.